0: This is the Evolved Marriage Podcast, episode 24. Today, we're talking about how indifference is killing your marriage.
1: Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast,
0: where we have fun with growth and connection.
1: Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hey, everyone, welcome. How are you feeling, Eric?
0: Um, I'm feeling um, impatient, I'm feeling anxious. Um, I think what that's leading to is me trying to control my outer world to make my inner world feel better. So mm-hmm. our house is extremely organized. <laughs> our kids are being directed and corrected at every three minutes from me. Uh, I'm telling you exactly how to live your life. Uh, and it's not working. Um, no, is no. it
1: not? Is it not? <laughs> no.
0: So I need to, you know, take, take a bit of a breath and uh, just kind of reset. But I do think I'm, you know, I'm ready for this season to start with the kids being in school and Mm kind of feel like i'm going to work mode and you know i don't know sometimes it feels like you know hurry up and wait so there's kind of like this be ready impatient to jump yeah (laughs) but like just wait till it happens
1: yeah yeah for sure i get that how are you feeling i'm feeling anxious i'm feeling overwhelmed a little bit i just went back to work So this is a very normal feeling for me at this time of year. Um, I'm a teacher, so it's always the first few weeks are always the most overwhelming. And then things seem to kind of settle. So I'm also trying to control my outer world to make my inner world feel better. But it's also not working. So I think I need to move this afternoon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think, you know, this is fairly common this time of year. A lot of conversations that I'm getting into with different people. It's kind of that same feeling, right? This kind of. Anxiousness, Finding a new routine. yeah, like the days are getting shorter, mm-hmm. you know, kids are starting to move, the summer's ending, right. so it feels like the beginning of a new season, Yeah, uh, which is a you know whole new set of challenges that we haven't really dealt with in a couple months. We got this, though. Yeah, cool. I love it. <laughs> so today we're talking about, you know, this idea of indifference in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sometimes the seasons that we go through. Um, we've seen a lot of couples talk about this, right? This really is this idea of like, my wife's not on board. My husband's not on board. They're not reciprocating anything. Um, they're very much kind of just blah, right? right. They're kind of like just going with it. They're
1: just side by side. Eric and I often will compare ourselves to, um, when we, when we fall into these seasons, especially Eric, he'll compare us to siblings. Like we're two siblings living together. We're getting along most of the time and, (laughs) but there's no intimacy. There's no, you know, um, that need to connect that need to be together. It's like, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. And it's kind of, it gets very lonely.
0: Yeah. And as we know, you know, based on going through these cycles and kind of doing a lot of this relationship work for ourselves, we realize that, uh, it's like a muscle, right? Like being intentional in your marriage is like a muscle and the less you flex it, right? So the more time you let go by without that flex, without that kind of working out, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, the harder it is to get the wheel turning again.
1: Right. Get those habits, those healthy habits back on track, lifting those heavy weights. You know, you have to start small and then get heavier. So it's, yeah, it is definitely a work in progress. Yeah. And then eventually (laughs) fall into those seasons. A hundred
0: percent. And then I think sometimes, you know, if you think about couples that have been doing this for you know sometimes years yeah. but right if we're talking like months you know up to a year yeah. it can create this space where you're actually questioning whether or not the effort is worth it
1: yeah exactly right? you get you get to a point where you feel so disconnected that it almost becomes discouraging to even put yourself out there and show that like hey i kind of want this for us i kind of want us to connect and i kind of want us to have some time together and be together and and so bidding for those things becomes uncomfortable, becomes almost like you just assume that it, that bid is just going to be slapped away.
0: Yeah. So I think it's really important to touch on this idea of indifference and how it really breaches trust in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, th- I think oftentimes, you know, we don't even realize, I think when we think about these massive breaches of trust, right. Um, you know, cheating on each other, whatever, like, you know, lying to each other, you can clearly define this moment where it's like this is an example of how yeah, you lost my trust. This is
1: where I lost your, I lost trust in you. This right. is where it stopped.
0: And I think it's really hard to do that with indifference, right? Because it's it's done very slowly over time. Mm-hmm. So what often happens is you don't really realize it till this feeling comes up in you and there's kind of a feeling of disconnection, of longing for connection, right? Of just like I don't really trust you anymore and I don't know why. It's very hard to explain but there's not a lot of trust there because, you know, the story in my head is that you're not actually putting in the work for a marriage. Like this marriage doesn't have enough value to you to, to put in the effort.
1: Right. And it's very easy for the other partner to see when their partner's disconnected. It's very easy for them to see that like when they come home, their last priority is their partner. They're coming home and they're like, looking elsewhere to soothe themselves they're looking elsewhere Mm. to keep busy they're looking elsewhere to feel good and their partner's like hello
0: yeah (laughs) and i think what often happens too you know and and bernie brown talks a lot about this but you know this idea of like it it's a shame trigger right because Mm -hmm. what often happens in those moments is you start to question like am i the only person that feels this like am i wrong for feeling this like i feel disconnected but maybe I'm just kind of screwed up because it's clear my spouse doesn't feel disconnected.
1: Exactly. And you look at your partner and you're like, well, they seem fine. Like they seem to be going on with their lives. Like what's wrong with me? Like, why am I so unhappy? Like it's my fault. I must be doing something wrong. Right.
0: And then even to a deeper level, right. It'd be, you can start to question like, am I really worth this person's time? Like, am I not more important than their phone or than Instagram or than television Mm -hmm. or pornography? Like, yeah, whatever. And you start to question your own self-worth based on this. And you know, obviously this is when we show up at our least healthy selves, right? When we're questioning our self-worth. But really coming back to it is this idea of this kind of breach of trust that's really hard to pinpoint exactly where it is. And Brene Brown talks about this beautiful analogy, if you want to get into it, right? About the idea of kind of the marbles in a jar.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that analogy. It's like, so what she talks about is is every time that you bid for something, so every time you ask your spouse for something, and they answer, it's almost like they're putting a little marble in your jar. So if I tell you like, Eric, I'd love to sit with you and watch TV together tonight, and you say, sure, I'd love to, there's a marble that goes in my jar. And over time, you know, the notes you leave me in the morning, the kiss you give me randomly in the kitchen, all those little, little actions, add marbles in my jar. And so my jar ends up being full and I feel fulfilled and I feel loved and appreciated and seen by you. But then again, sometimes when I'm bidding and I say, Herrick, I'd love to watch TV with you. And you say, I'm too busy to watch TV tonight. Sorry. And you go off and do something else you walk away with one of my marbles. You actually take a marble out of my jar and walk away with it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do it in such a subtle way where I don't even see that you're doing it. You're taking marbles out and I'm not even seeing, you know. Um, I can't think of an example of it now, like...
0: Right. But example of like, you know, as we're kind of going into this analogy, this idea of indifference is, is a way to slowly deplete the marble jar. Right. So you coming from home and saying, I had a tough day at work and me being like, Oh, that sucks anyways. And I go on, right. That's very, Oh, like, don't you want to hear about it? Like, doesn't it matter that I'm in pain? Mm -hmm. And this idea of me responding with that indifference, right. Me never bidding for you, you know, and we can we'll go in a little bit into John Gottman's work, but you know, this idea of just kind of Doing things while well, slowly that marble jar is being depleted.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. And it actually happened to us the other day. You were sitting at the dinner table. All of dinner, you were down. I could see it in your face. Like you weren't feeling good. You weren't feeling it. And I didn't bid. I didn't say, Hey, Eric, I can see you're not doing well. Like, do you want to talk about it? Hmm. I was just like, Ignore, ignore. I don't have the energy or the bandwidth to figure this out. And I didn't even say that out loud. It was just like, I'm just going to ignore Eric's feelings. And that was a major, major way that I probably took out maybe more than one marble in your jar that day.
0: Right. And I think it's very important to understand that like you clearly saw that, that I was not feeling well. Yeah. And your choice was to say, I don't really want to deal with this right now. So I'm going to pretend that I don't notice him.
1: So I guess the most important thing now is when we look at our own marble jars, if I look at my marble jar, where are my marbles at? Like, uh, is it, is my marble jar full? Is it empty? Is it midway? Like, is it emptying faster than it's filling? Where is my marble jar at? And not just that, but even more importantly, where is my partner's marble jar at? Like, is am I taking more marbles from Eric than I am giving? So take some time, maybe look at your own marble jar, see how yours is doing, but also take time to f- try to realize like, how's my partner's marble jar doing? Like, what is this looking like on his end? And, you know, am I actively removing marbles or maybe by acting indifferent, am I passively removing marbles or am I actively adding marbles every day to his jar? So it's very important to take some time to look at that.
0: Yeah. And I think a huge thing to touch on here is this idea that you know, if you are being indifferent, right, if you're not actively putting marbles in, there's a, like what naturally will happen is the marbles will deplete, right? right? All on their because own. Because as we talked about in a, in a much earlier episode, right, your partner is constantly asking these three massive questions, right? Do you see me? Do you want me? Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Right. And so if those questions are being answered in a really indifferent way, or maybe they're not being answered at all. Right. Their, their marble jar is going to deplete and they're going to start to question your marriage. They're going to start to question, does this person love me? Am I worth it? Because we all have our own shame triggers within us, right? Deep within us. And so it's really important to understand that as much as you think like, oh, my relationship will be good, you know, I'll just kind of ignore it for a while. I'll focus on this other stuff that slowly that marble jar is depleting for both of you.
1: Right, and and like I said uh, at the beginning, sometimes, yes, that marble jar, it'll get, it'll get lower because you're just going through a season. It's a busy season. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to focus with your relationship. But be sure to come back and find ways to connect daily. It just takes like 15 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes just to add that marble or just to not remove a marble. Um, there's no excuse to not be careful with your partner's marble jar.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And so I think when we think about, you know, moving towards solutions, like how do Mm -hmm. we keep this marble jar full? How can we create more awareness around the marbles? Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. You know, for us, we love John Gottman's work of this idea of bidding. Right. And for those of you guys who haven't read his work, he's really amazing, but he talks a lot about bidding for love, right. And turning towards or turning away from a bid Mm -hmm. that your partner's giving you. Exactly. So when we really go deeper into this, we really want to get clear on, you know, how am I bidding Mm -hmm. for love, right? Am I giving my partner the opportunity to respond to a healthy bid for love? Mm -hmm. And also how am I responding to my partner's bids for love, right? Mm -hmm. And what we don't realize, when you really start to create awareness around this, you can get really, you know, good at it where your partner is bidding for love from you hundreds of times a day, Right. right? And you can really start to find the nuances in their speech, right mm-hmm. and this is kind of like I do a lot of work with men but like even when a man says we, we never have enough sex like that's a bid for connection mm-hmm. right because the conversation behind the conversation is I miss you I long for you I feel lonely right but you know if it's not done in a healthy way it's very hard to receive and for yes. you to be emotionally regulated to be able to receive that kind of
1: to hear I love you and I want to be close to you not just you suck Let's have more sex. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and so it's so challenging, and that's why you know creating awareness around bidding is super important.
1: Mm-hmm. And see how you bid for love yourself. Um, I know for me, for a long time, I I haven't bid because you know because I'm not feeling good about myself right now, and there is I need to do some work uh, for myself to help myself feel better. But there is this idea of like. I'm not bidding. I'm not asking Eric for anything because I don't feel like I'm worthy. And that happens. I go through seasons like that sometimes. And sometimes I I won't. Sometimes I'll be healthy and I'll be able to ask and bid for things. But right now it's like, I just feel like I can't ask for things because I feel bad for asking for things. Like Eric is doing so much in the house already. I can't be asking him for more. Like, oh my gosh, Kate, like, what do you expect from this man? Like, you're not a queen here. Like figure it out on your own. Like, so after Eric's made dinner, put the kids to bed. I've been gone all all day because I had to set up my classroom, all these things. And I come home. The last thing I want to do is bid like, I'd love to sit with you and I'd love for you to rub my feet. Like that would feel so good (laughs) Um, because I don't feel I'm worthy. I don't feel like I'm worth it. And that's, that's on me. And that's the work I need to do. Yeah.
0: Like, like, you know, it's a burden on me, right? You're like, Eric is probably exhausted. He's probably tired. He's doing a lot. So the last thing I want to do is put something else on his plate.
1: Right. And I'm assuming that by asking him this, he's going to be annoyed by me. He's Mm -hmm. going to tell me like, Oh my gosh, Kate, like one more thing. And I'm not giving him the opportunity to be a husband to me.
0: Yeah. And we talked about this the other day, right? Yeah. Of like, because you don't bid often because of your own insecurities and your own view Mm -hmm. of having someone else serve you, you see it as such a negative thing. Right. Um, It actually takes away a lot of opportunities for me to serve you and connect with you in that way, right? Right. And and for me to feel like I add value to your life.
1: Exactly. And, and, So by me not bidding, it's actually hurting the relationship. So I think that I'm not being a burden. I'm taking things off your back, like whatever. But really, it's hurting the relationship. And I'm not saying that when you bid to your spouse, that they always need to say yes. Maybe, yes, that evening, Eric will be too tired to sit with me and rub, rub my feet. Or he won't have had time to work on his stuff. And he's going to have to go and work on it in the evening when the kids are down. But... I can still bid. And then what happens is when you need to refuse a bid, there's a way to do it that's very loving and that shows, like, thank you for your bid. But right now, I just can't. And that's just as healthy as forcing yourself to, fine, I'll sit and rub your feet. I don't really have time for this, but mm-hmm. you know, and but it's okay. You yeah. And be angry at you exactly. And, yeah. But it's okay for Eric in those moments to say, I would love to rub your feet. I just haven't had time to sit on my own today. And I had all these projects that I needed to get done. Maybe we can, you know, I can rub your feet a little later tonight, or maybe um, we can take some time tomorrow. And I'd love to sit with you and rub your feet tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That would be a very healthy way of him to shut down my bid. And, by doing that, he's not removing marbles from my jar. It's actually, he's probably actually adding one by being like, I love you. I want to be with you, but right now I can't. And I want to do it another day.
0: Yeah. And I really want to be careful. You know, you said that idea of shutting down a bit. I think it's more responding. responding right, to a bit. Yeah. I, I don't know that we want to get into this idea of like, I'm shutting down ideas because I think it is totally fair as you're saying to respond. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, from my end of things, I have some of those same demons, right. Of like, Oh, I, I'm, I should provide, like I should I should be the one that cares for Kate all the time. I should be the one that, you know, could, can do these things and be strong and put up with it. I think a lot of men feel this way, right? I right. shouldn't be the one that complains. I just have to power through and do it and shut up and put my head down. And what is often happening is in our marriage, right, if I don't come to you and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm kind of struggling here and this is what's going on within me and, and I feel like I'm not really succeeding at work it actually takes away an opportunity for you to caretake for me and to love on me and Mm -hmm. to reaffirm me, right. As a provider, as a man. So it actually takes away this opportunity for connection.
1: Right. And I find for me, one of the ways that, um, one of the unhealthy ways that you kind of, um, respond to my bids is sometimes I'll ask you, you, you know, you'll say, "Oh, I'm having a really hard time with this at work or whatever. And then I'll say, um, oh, that really sucks. That sounds really hard. Is there anything I can do to support you? And because you're not in a healthy place, you'll respond like, well, what do you want to do? Like, there's nothing you can do. Right. Like, yep. and, and that hurts. That yeah. hurts me because I, I'm, I'm reaching. I'm like, hey, Eric, I'm here. Let me be your person. I want to be your person right now. And there's a healthy way to respond to that if there really is nothing I can do. But even just saying like, I just need to be held. I just need to be told that I'm good. Yep. Like, that would be a very healthy response to that that bid. Um, So just being very careful with how you respond to bids. Yeah. It's so important.
0: And it's true, right? And and we get into this. We don't often think about this idea of, like, we're receiving bids in a negative way, but it happens all the time. So often. It's as simple as me saying, like, you know, like, oh, like, I love the pants you're wearing. Like, they, they look so great on your butt. And you'd be like, oh, God, I have a fat butt. Like, don't say that. Yeah, like that's a way to respond negatively it's like, to a like, No, so,
1: thank you. Please don't say that. Right, to me. and, and what like, happens? What?
0: <laughs> we don't see this, but inadvertently, what happens is you're training me to stop, to stop complimenting you, those things. Right, right. And I always use the age-old analogy. We talked about it last week with some friends, but this idea of like getting flowers, right? <laughs> and some of our friends, you know, when they receive flowers, you know, the husband buys them flowers, and she's like, "Oh my god, I hate flowers. They always die." Like, what a so waste of money. Right, <laughs> and sure, okay, that might be true, but to when somebody brings you flowers for you to respond in that way, you're clearly telling them like you're a piece of garbage. Like yeah, what you're what doing you just is totally did. crappy. Yeah.
1: What you just did to show me how much you love me.
0: sucked. Yeah, so don't do it. Or, you know, like <laughs> couples that make dinner if a husband never makes dinner and then he makes a dinner, you're like, Oh, this is kind of crappy. Like all you did was, you know, I don't know, like
1: mac and cheese. Sure, and right?
0: And it's like, well, yeah, I'm not as skilled as you it's in, the, in cooking. Dinner. Right. I used to do this all the time with you. Right. I'm kind of the yeah. cook. So, whenever you'd make something, I'm like, is that what you're doing? Like, are you seasoning those things? And you are like, oh. oh my God, like, I'm putting in this effort to make I us remember. a nice dinner, right? And <laughs> yeah. I was just being heartless about it.
1: Yeah, you're so mean. I know.
0: Oh my God, yes, I was. I'd, I'd slap that guy if I, ever, <laughs> if I ever saw him now. Yeah. But I don't yeah. We
1: could go back and talk to our old selves. Oh like, my Stop God. Stop it. Exactly. They probably
0: teach us stuff too.
1: <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. But so, what we really want to be, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this up, what we want you thinking about is this idea that. You know, being indifferent in your marriage is quite dysfunctional, right? It's quite dangerous in your marriage to be uh, just totally indifferent about what's going on Mm -hmm. and not present and not being intentional, because it can be a massive breach of trust. And then to really dial in and understand, right? How are you bidding? How are you receiving bids? Right? Are you open to your husband or or wife reaching for you? And Mm -hmm. saying, hey, this is something I want. How are you receiving that? And even how are you bidding, right? Are you bidding in a healthy way? Because one thing we've realized in our marriage is the more we bid, the more we give our partner the opportunity to receive a bid, the better our relationship gets. Right, because your
1: partner feels like they can provide for you. Your partner Mm -hmm. feels like they can be that person for you. And that's, that's what we want in a marriage. We want to be friends. We want to be that person for each other. We don't just want to be partners and you know, Oh yeah, we're raising our kids and everything's going well. High five, have a good day. We're, you're rocking it at work. I'm rocking it at work. You want to be people for each other. You want to help each other out. You want to be that shoulder to cry on and that person that you can lean on as well in, in, some situations so allowing your partner to be that person for you is the biggest gift you can give them
0: 100 percent, and we totally get right that what we're talking about is vulnerability which is to Mm. really allow somebody to deeply see you Mm -hmm. right and be vulnerable which really raises the level of intimacy and it
1: takes practice
0: yeah all right guys so as we wrap up um for everything we do check us out at evolvemarriage.com uh everything will be in the show notes of this episode you can check that out Uh, on that website, we have our resource page. We have our coaching page. So specifically if you're a man who's struggling with intimacy and communication in your marriage, I'm happy to help you out. Uh, you can jump on a call there with me just to see if it would be a good fit. Um, but more than anything, we ask you to share this episode with somebody, you know, somebody who can benefit from this because this is a movement that we need your help to create. Um, so we love you and we hope to see you again next week.
1: Thanks for being here again. Bye. Bye.